I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you serious? This is How to Kill an Hour. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us. Before we crack on with today's show, if you'd like to join our newsletter, please head to howtokillanhour.com forward slash news. That's howtokillanhour.com com forward slash news will let you know about all the new ways that we're killing time and our special giveaways and we've got a big one coming up actually so uh hop on to howtoclinhour.com forward slash news and you'll be able to win something for free yeah pretty good uh on today's show we are joined by a uh, a legend in the podcasting game yeah it's also a rapper an actor a label boss a dj any way that you can really be entertained i feel like you you tick those boxes uh welcome to the show scroobius pip thank you very much it's good to be here uh first things first i know you're not doing a lot of spots on on podcasts at the moment yeah, so i really appreciate you taking the time to come down it's to all us. good it's it's not a problem i was definitely lured in by oh we're just gonna play some games and talk that's yeah. that, that that's good that doesn't feel like it's work or promo or whatever you know no i mean it's a good setup it's what we do i mean we like to kill time and um we always actually kick off the show asking our guests uh how they've been killing some time recently yeah and it's pretty cool that you actually came in and killed a bit of time with us before yeah. the episode. So yeah, um, completely, we came and, pl- and played some games. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But yeah. first things first, how are you doing? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, it's it's all. It seems to be the last few years. Anytime anyone asks, I'm like, I'm really hectic, but I can never think of, w- of what I've been doing. I just know I haven't had a day off in 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 months. But but yeah, I'm all good. And and podcasts are my. And my saviour on them, on them journeys, on drives, everything else, on the killing time front, it's just, it's been my go-to. I feel I've dropped so far behind on new music and all stuff like that because it's like, well, I've got hours and hours of podcasts I need to get through. There's just so much out there, not just stuff. There's actually yeah. so much good content out there yeah, when it comes 100%. to the podcasting game. How do you feel about it? Because you've you've been, I think you podcasted three three years, a couple of years yeah. now. Four years. Four years coming in. up. Four, right. four or five. It's been a while. So how do you feel like the landscape has changed in the podcasting area since you started yours? I, I love it. I love that it's... The thing I really liked, I, when I started my podcast, I just had a show on, on XFM, as it was at the time, and we'd run some like awards and stuff like that, and then I was on, on, on Joe Rogan's podcast in America, and he was... I can't remember if it was on air or off air. He was saying, um, why do you do it... For someone else and I was like well it's, it's commercial radio and all this is like yeah but you could just do it yourself so he kind of prompted me to start a podcast and what I liked about that is that's what all podcasters seem to be like so they seem to be encouraging everyone else to do one shouting out other podcasts whereas on radio it felt 
that on X I couldn't mention Radio 1 and Radio okay. 1 would never mention Capital and so yeah. on and so forth. It's yeah. like as if they don't exist. It's some yeah. secret. Whereas in the podcast world, people seem excited to share new yeah. stuff they've found or stuff they're enjoying. It's really weird. Like In the commercial radio world as well, it's really interesting that um, I was on Capital Extra for a little yeah. while so I was next door neighbours yeah, 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 with yeah. you actually. In the same studio, global, yeah, yeah. studio next door actually so yeah. you could like, give you a way through. <laughs> um I think I mentioned Capital Radio having something on once and I got yeah. told by a producer like, no, no, we, we don't mention other brands. Yeah. And I was like, but you're part of the same group. They're it's like, the it's not group. policy. It's mad, isn't it's it? Re- it's really interesting. Re- yeah, it's like, so to go from that to a space where, you know, I can say to you like, check out uh, the Marvel Wolverine podcast yeah. that's with Stitcher, which is actually sick. Yeah. I recommend yeah. you check that out. Look, right. um, it's great, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I, I love the sharing capacity that's in podcasting as well, and I think that's really helping to grow the whole scene. Hundred percent, and I think, I think the important thing for podcasters is to not f- fall into that that commercial radio world where you're obsessing over your numbers every week and all this because it's easy to do, but because in most platforms you can keep an eye on if you've 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 gone up or down. And I've got my kind of podcast n- network now. Uh, so I bring in a lot of new podcasts and stuff like that and the, th- the thing I always say to them is just gauge your podcast off if you think it was good that week not off the numbers because you're gonna it's if you're doing it right it's a never ending story anyway if numbers are down one week they're going to be up another week it, it it fluctuates and varies so yeah I think you can obsess too much over that and that's how you get into those worlds where well we never mention anyone else because we don't want to lose any of our listeners over to Capital or to X or mm. whatever else and yeah. it's no good yeah, um, it's it's a nice environment. This, yeah. this podcast environment. Um, I think I think there's still room in in the in the live broadcasting area of radio for 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 great content to come. And I think we've still got loads 100%. of awesome content. But yeah. it's just so easy to engage with a podcast. So I, yeah. I could pick up your latest drop, um, or I could go back a few months and find. I know what's a po- uh, earlier podcast like the one where you watched uh, the. Dwayne the Rock Johnson film with your mum and you yeah. had a chat there about it yeah 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 exactly I can go back and find that evergreen yeah. content and listen to it and if the thing I like about podcasts is if my phone rings well because I've got an iPhone the podcast stops playing and I can have a chat but I don't miss anything yeah. but I feel like I know I can listen back to all radio now but Who I'm does? just like yeah 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 do you know what I mean so um, I think maybe that bro- broadcasting format is going to have to follow the podcasting format and, and it is actually there's more content that we're seeing on the radio where they're actually pushing it over and making podcasts to, out of them to get a weirdly business on it all and and you mentioned i do a, a lot of things and i think part of the reason that is a, a good work ethic but when i started my podcast four years ago not many um advertisers sponsored on podcasts in the uk there was a fair a fair few in america and working with acast who hosts my my podcast I hit up a load of different places and said, look, just give us a try because whilst radio may have more listeners, exactly as you were saying, they're not necessarily paying attention. If you're advertising on my podcast, people are going to be, they're only choosing to listen to that when they've got time to pay attention to it. So my argument to advertisers was 10,000 listeners paying attention is worth more than 50,000 or 100,000 who are at work or doing other things and not paying attention at all or going to the toilet or whatever and yeah it's it ended up working I ended up I've had sponsors every week and yeah for a few years now so it's an interesting one because yeah it is it's that it's that focus Mm. and that's important for guests and everything as well It's, it's why I've ended up being able to get 
Michael Fassbender on and James McAvoy and these these huge names because previously they would only be doing their five minute slot on the ITV news or, or whatever it is. And m- my point to them was a forty five minute slot of people paying attention is is going to sell your film a lot more without it having to be an advert for your film. It's an engaging conversation. So yeah, yeah, and you also get to get a bit bit extra you get other other areas of their 100%, life stories like 100 percent. it's uh, you know it makes for, for really good listens i mean um you had uh, a recent episode uh <laughs> um oh, I forgot the gentleman's name's literally clear from from my head uh the, he's in star wars yeah uh, yeah sorry dominic um, monaghan in the Domin- new one yeah that's it yeah dominic monaghan um a recent episode and he managed to tell you as much as he could yeah. about the whole process yeah. of getting into Star Wars and I feel like there's never time for that. Well that was shows. a dope one because I'm, I went in f- fully expecting that we'll be able to talk for like a minute about Star Wars and then obviously he's got Lord of the Rings to talk about all these other things because normally because uh, uh, Simon Pegg is an example he's been on twice now and he's a mate and every time or both times he's been on as soon as we've stopped recording he's gone like Here's the stuff I couldn't talk about, <laughs> and it's it's that kind of a, a world when it's then big films. So I was amazed that that that, that Dominic was. I kind of s- set him up. To, I'm sure we can't talk about much. He's like, we could talk about a bit, yeah. And he went into it. I, it's what I ended up moving at. That was originally scheduled to come out in about a month, and I moved it forward because I was like, he's actually talking about Star Wars, and no one ever does that. All actors just go, I can't really say anything, and he. He went into it. He went into his excitement of it all and t- it made it a personal story rather than his spoilers or whatever else. You know? Yeah, I will definitely link to that in the show description yeah. because it, it's that you get. I don't think I've ever heard about that side no, of Star Wars before. It was mad. So it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. But what is it like, do you think, makes you such a self starter then? Because I feel like every every project that you've, that you've done yeah. has been, I'm going to go out and do this. Yeah. And that's where the beginning of the process starts. You don't think, I'm going to do this and I'll see how it goes and I'll hope I'll hit up somebody here and hit up somebody there. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I kind of, I, th- I was discussing, again, it feels like I'm, pl- I'm, pl- I'm, pl- I'm plugging all my podcast episodes no. now, but um, I've, got, I've got an episode coming out soon with a, uh, a lady called Desiree Ak- Akavan and she's a writer and director. She's got a new series that starts on October 10th. I'm not sure when this is going out. Um, on Channel 4 called The Bisexual and it's one of the most easily engaging and, f- and funny sh- shows I've seen. And when I was talking to her, she was talking about how sh- she lived about f- 40 minutes outside of, of New York her whole life. And it struck me as similar to me. I've lived about 40 minutes out of London my whole life. And it's like, I'm near to all of that, but but I am in this isolated town where, and I kind of d- discussed with her, how much is boredom a motivator? And I think that, that is a huge thing. I've stayed in Stanfordly Hope my whole life because I'm really pr- productive there. I've not got tons of club nights and all these other things to, 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 to tempt me to. If I want any of them, I have to go all the way into London. So it's easier to resist any of that. And I have to get the last train home, which is like five past midnight or, or something out my way. So I think that kind of, it is a motivator. A living in a small town and having that that boredom kind of makes you go all right i'll start creating i'll start doing things i'll make stuff happen yeah and and you definitely have i mean uh i was actually trying to get to your gig last weekend but i couldn't get back right to London yeah yeah time. yeah yeah uh and that's we are lizards isn't yeah, it and that's yeah. a regular gig so you've actually got another one coming up haven't you Not yeah we, we do it every other month and that's a club night that i've been doing for s- s- seven years now and we've had it uh, we've reached capacity every time for seven years which for a club night is 
crazy rare, but mm. again, it was, it, was, it was one of those things. It was like, let's just try it. I think I, I lucked out that the first thing that I did kind of mu- musically, or in my first ever year of making a, mu- a music, I got together with Dan Lesac and we made a song called Thou Shall Always Kill and it went st- straight into the charts. And that's good, but it's been hugely beneficial with everything else I've done because it's made me realise, oh, you can kind of do anything then. Yeah. You can kind of just do anything because that was literally the first song that we wrote together and people talk about how hard the music industry is and it is, but I just happen to have the experience of, no, you just write a song, you release it and you're in the charts and you tour the world. And then it (laughs) it, it kind of, it's as, as simple as that and it's been a similar thing on all of them. I started the podcast and within a year I had 10 times as many listeners as I had on my XFM show and it was one of them I was like alright well you just start it and you do it and I think we spend a lot of time telling ourselves the the reason things can't work or the reason things won't work rather than just doing them and seeing if they work and there's no harm in in failing I've done a, 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 a load of things I used to have a regular film club at the at the Prince Charles Cinema and a load of them were really busy, but I had some that we had like 10, 10 12 people turn out to. So, But it was still fun. It was still worth the doing. If you're not scared of failing, then it's you try all these things and a lot of them will happen if you just you get out there and do it. Yeah, it's it's quite a common thing that we find and, and we talk about, and producer Bill and I talk about sometimes just putting stuff out or putting a few things out, seeing which works, yeah. and then doing more of the stuff that works and then do a few... I don't know, say for example, five types of videos. Um, one of them, one of the content in one of them is gaming, for example. And yeah. The gaming video does really well. So let's do three or four more gaming videos. Yeah. Out of those games, which are the ones that our audience engage, engages with more? So let's do more of those videos. And I think it's Completely. that kind of process that people go through when they just go out and start. Yeah. That really helps them to kind of find out what works for them and find out what works for their audience because everyone's audience is, is different, isn't it? You find it out yourself, exactly. I'll have people ask me all the time, like, like, how should I start in music or how should I start in spoken word or any of these other things? And my advice is always, look, it's it's important to know that I didn't ask anyone this. I just went out and started and, f- and figured it out and learned. And that's the way f- for everyone to do it because there isn't a set path or a set a set rules for any of these things so yeah ex- exactly as you're saying you just you start doing it and the stuff that gets most traction will tend to be the stuff you stick with and do more because it's nice if things are going down well definitely R- rather just go no I'm really into these obscure ones that no one wants to look <laughs> at but I'm going to do them and that can work as well that can be good that's the beauty of podcasts is yeah. you can can have these kind of obscure weird things that yeah that work I'll I tell you one as an obscure one that I came across recently was actually was uh, the retro football shirt podcast wow. where they talk about retro football shirts and Mate. memories around it and you know what I think it's going to do really well like I've, yeah. I've listened to it and I'm, when I first saw it I was like retro football shirt what's going on here I clicked on it had a listen and it's just so it's just an amazing listen the chemistry between the, the, the Uche and Alex the two presenters is really good I love and it. they managed to talk about so many elements of football but they start off at retro football shirts and if you're a football fan in the UK yeah um, there is a football shirt that you'll remember and I they're going to try and cover it I legit got a lot of my following because my first time and every subsequent time I went on Soccer AM I wore my 89-90 Millwall kit because it's, it's the season that we had Sh- Sheringham and Cascarino and all these players that, that meant the, the world to me and because I've always loved soccer am but there's you know you'll get some people on there who are football fans and some who are there because they've got stuff to promote yeah so 
me rocking up in a proper and g- g- genuinely it was the one I'd had from when I was a kid so it was like I'd had to have it extended it was skin tight <laughs> like I'm bursting out of the thing but I was like nah this is yeah this is my top this yeah. is my this is my kit is it still wearable now do you think you can get a few more wears out of it no you see I've, again it's p- p- my mates laugh at me a bit because anytime anyone p- p- brings up exercise I, I've got into exercise in the last like two three years I've got into my CrossFit I don't bang on about it I like all the other CrossFitters, but it is a nice thing that I now tr- try things on f- f- from a few years back and my thighs are too big, my shoulders are too big and all that kind of thing. So it's like kind of, it's not like I'm trying to bulk up and, and be huge, but it's a nice, it's a nice feeling when you go, oh, I remember that shirt, I'll pop that on. You're like, huh. well, that's not going to fit now. <laughs> and, and, and not because I've got fat, which was always, you know, the guess, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good for you to wear the clothes and the clothes not to wear you, exactly right? That, yeah. Exactly that, exactly that. Nice. Uh, you actually mentioned um, kicking off your your tour. Ten, happy ten year anniversary a few days ago. Yeah, um, I yeah, saw yeah, your Instagram yeah. uh, ten year anniversary. Uh, was it Dan Sack that you were touring with? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or me and Dan. Uh, we had this year our ten year anniversary of our our first album, mm-hmm. um, and then a couple of days ago was the t- ten year anniversary of uh, we did our first big um, uh, American tour, and we and we went on the Carson Daly sh- show out there, and we did I think it was twenty three shows in 24 days and then the Carson Daly show on the day off and it was just this intense mad time how did but how yeah. did that happen getting on the Carson Daly show they just hit us up we were kind of I mean we had a manager out there at the time so I'm guessing he instigated it in some way but yeah we kind of got to go on and do our thing and they got us to film some stuff in New York in the days as they'd like cut to us on the streets of New York and stuff like that it's like oh wow it's mad yeah I mean, American TV, that, that kind of format's always really, really interesting. So yeah. I'm, I'm always intrigued as to how they kind of, is it as, as buzzed on Hollywood as, as, as you think, as you see it when you're watching oh, it? Oh, again, it's another r- realisation, and, and you'll get it from doing the podcast as well, that you suddenly realise that all these shows need people to be on them. Like, you'll be like, oh, I, I need to get on that show, I'd love it. It's like, they need to fill that slot. They're doing this every day of the week or whatever, do you know what I mean? It's like, so it is one of them half the time. You might think that's, that something's unachievable. And if you hit them up, and podcasters are the prime example of that half the time, they'll, you'll hit a podcaster up and they'll be so pleased that someone said, I would like to come on, rather than them going, I've gone through all my contacts, I've gone through <laughs> everyone I know on Twitter. If someone actually approaches them, like, yeah. oh, wicked, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That fills a week. Yeah, yeah, it does. Does indeed. Um, <laughs> also, back to the Carson Daly show. Yeah, like I heard you got quite an interesting gift pack. Yeah, which, like as well. Is this a Hollywood thing as well? Or, well we or? genuinely thought it was a joke, but because at that point he was the most permatanned and white toothed person, and we got a little gift pack that was some a few different variations of se- of self tanning stuff, some tooth whitening stuff, and we didn't know if it was just because we were the British guys. Yeah, and they were like, "Let's try and get them to to to, to American level. Let's let's sort their teeth out and yeah. their tans." But yeah. I mean, we never used either of them. But it was it was intriguing. To it was a weird gift pack because it was like, I'm sure all of these things you can't put on now. Like you've not got time to to to, to let them sink in and do their thing. So it's it was more of a here, enjoy this. Here, you're like, well done for trying, but you know, it yeah, needs a little bit of a, a next time. Hand. Yeah, if you could if you could tighten up a bit. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I'd say what, weird. a bit of fake tan, a bit of teeth whining with the CrossFit routine. Mate. Be a new I'll man. Be an Instagram Hollywood legend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a rest- it's a wrestling name. Yes. Hollywood Pip. 100%. Um, 
So the fitness thing, what, so you're doing CrossFit, how many times a week do you do it? I, 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 I tend to do it like, when I've got the time, I do it th- three days on and one day off. Right. So I'll be doing it five or six times a week. Um, and yeah, I love it. I love the variation of it. I love just being able to, uh, my guy who programs it for me is Sam Marshall at, um, at CrossFit Ch- Chesterly Streets. So he's up in the northeast, but he'll just he'll send me my my program down. I've got a little g- a gym at the back of my house, so it's all kettlebells and and box jumps and pull ups and stuff like that. So it's all quite it's all all functional fitness. It's all kind of yeah, you're equ- equipping yourself to yeah to be more active and more yeah. In it. I like you have it. spoken about CrossFit for the smallest amount of time out of all CrossFitters I know. Yeah, you seem like yeah, that's the, it. the most reluctant person. You see, I'm rounding it up already. It's because of that <laughs> because. Uh, when my mate Sam got into it and he opened his gym, I was mocking him. I'm like, oh, these CrossFit kids that all bang on. And it took him ages. He said, look, just let me program you for a week. And he programmed me for a week. And it was amazing. I loved it. But I was like, I'm still not going to be that guy that's on Instagram constantly saying, here's CrossFit. But I do love it. I do love it. People, people are putting it in their Instagram profiles. So yeah, it's, when it gets to that level, you know, CrossFit's a thing when like, hey, I'm Marcus, um, hashtag CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's when they start putting it in their, in their names that's one of the things on Instagram. That's the thing that that gets me, and I noticed it a lot when because again, I've had I've had this big beard for like fifteen years or so now, and when it started to become tr- tr- trendy, you'd get people on Instagram that are like the bearded pirate, bearded Mark, <laughs> bearded J- 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 Johnny, the beard guy, and all stuff like that. And it's like, mate, you're going to regret that because don't make your identity so based on one small stylistic facet of yourself yeah what happens if one day you do slip and you chip a bit of that beard off and you've got to go down to level yeah. one again man yeah what are you gonna do you can't post exactly anymore. it's the same with uh, uh, when kind of bright hair colors came in for girls and you'd get a lot of girls their instagram would be like blue hair michelle or or or, or pinky or bluey yeah. or, or, or all these other things it's like you're gonna get bored of that at some point and you, if you're someone who wanted bright pink hair you're gonna be someone who's who's going to want bright blue hair at some point, or these mm. other things. It's like don't don't pick descriptions as yeah. your as your thing. Definitely not, unless it's something that you can't change, like your skin color. Me being Marcus Bronzy, there you go. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah that's allowed. That's yeah. like, you can't change that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can only get more bronze. <laughs> exactly. You can only become more of the name. Yeah. So, do you think you'll keep the beard forever? The reason I ask this is because my grandfather had a beard from a young age, and yeah. then he just kept it all the way through. Yeah. He just said just had a beard. That was it. He didn't ever falter. He didn't ever have it really short. He was just pretty much beard like that. It's a weird one. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm used to it. So it's not like it's... I get annoyed at people who are obsessed over beards. Like I will have people hit me up who are like beard dudes and I'll be like, cool beard man. And I'll be like, it's just <laughs> hair on my face. It's not a big deal. But no, I see myself having it for a long time. But equally, because of acting, if a role came up, I'm dying to get a role that I have to get rid of it. Because that's a good reason to get rid of it. Until then, I don't don't want to. Because I'm getting roles at the moment that are all big, hairy, bearded men and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, but I'm yeah, I'm down for getting a, a rid of it f- for work purposes. Okay, but for personal purposes, yeah, it's just easier. I think I'll I'll be sticking with it. So it's official. If you're a casting director, um, Scoobius will will trim the beard for I, you. I, I am available beardless. I am so curious. After 15 <laughs> years, though, yeah, man. your skin is going to be so smooth under there. Yeah, are you ready to be ID'd for alcohol? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be it's it's, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be. I'll, I always remember years before or before I stuck with a beard. I'd go from beard 
to clean shaven. Every time I'd shave before I, s- I settled on keeping a beard, my eyes would look huge afterwards. And I guess it's because you've got this a bit of framing on your face, right? So right. suddenly when that's gone, I don't know, it seems weird. I look like an owl. It is it is the, the, the male <laughs> version of contouring, isn't it? It like is. When you get a little beard shape and a bit of framing of the face. I feel like I look like a potato if mate, I don't have this little bit of fluff that I've Mate, got. oh, that's it. I've, I've, I, it's only in the last year or two I've gone for a bit of styling, on my, like a bit of, of shaping on my beard. Previously, it'd be full, just how it grows. And I've started to go for a bit of tidied up and it's, I've been pulled in. Yeah, been been dragged into the game. Are you are you oiling it? Are you putting are you putting product on it? I used to. I used to like a beard oil. I got got really into him for a bit, and it meant that people would send me tons of beard oils all the time. And then I just I went off them. I decided it wasn't doing as much as I thought, <laughs> and I haven't used one in about two years. So I've got the best collection of beard oils in my in my bathroom. But yeah, but none are used. I'm not using them much at the moment. Vintage collection of uh, beard oils. I've, I I kind of realised that. That whatever I'm putting in my hair, I can just put what's left on my hands in my beard, and that's enough. That kind of that controls it a bit. Standard. I don't know why I was going all out of this way to get. Well, I've got a collection of balms, and I've got some waxes, and I've got some oils, and I've got all these different things. Nah, I've got to be honest. I have absolutely zero knowledge. Like yeah. I always ask people, and as soon as <laughs> yeah, they yeah. start talking about it. After about five minutes, I just like, glaze what, over. I'm like, what even is this? Yeah, what what is this wax? I've, a couple of moustaches I've seen turned up yeah. with wax. I'd never do it personally, but that is something that definitely looks like it requires special tools. A lot of effort, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a real thing. I have people all the time who are like, oh, can you give me some, some tips on growing a beard? And it's like, there's one tip and it's don't shave. That's that's <laughs> literally the tip. I don't know what you're expecting me to tell you. I don't know what this secret is going to be. Just stop shaving, grow a beard. I don't know. Yeah. It's not. There's no secret here. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So you'd shave for, for acting, yeah. right? And it's, I think acting, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like out of everything that you pursue, like I said, you're a self-starter, you do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Acting's probably the one profession where uh, if you are doing big TV and film stuff, you do kind of not rely on others, but you rely on other people making Completely. decisions saying we're going to work with you. How is that for you being in that kind of environment? It's taken a while to get used to and God bless my agents because they have to put up with me emailing them all the time saying, um, I've heard that this is being made can we try and get an audition and again they're, they're professionals they're a really good company they know what's being made they're putting me up for anything that I should be up for yeah. yeah I'll be like I've heard a rumour that they're making a new Star Wars film they're like yeah we know we're keeping an eye out chill man but but that comes from yeah from years of being kind of self managed and self and doing everything myself obviously I've had booking agents and stuff like that and, 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 and management help on music stuff but yeah feeling that it all had to come from me but on the actual performance side of it or the 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 film and tv side of it it's kind of beautiful having again had years and years of being involved in everything from the writing to the recording to the releasing to the touring to go and kind of do your job and then it's in someone else's hands i kind of i've I've kind of enjoyed how how relieving it is to go well it's not up to me anymore it's someone else now in the edit and in everything else decides if this is going to be good or bad if it's going to be light or dark you know mm. so yeah I like it it's enjoyable and are you sometimes not seeing the rushes the raw recorded yeah. video until you actually see yourself on TV 100% I I now prefer that uh, when we made Taboo um, I got I got really close 
with Tom Hardy, who's the lead in it, but was also one of the producers. And he'd send me kind of early edits and get my opinion and stuff like that, which for someone who was a small character and it was mind blowing. But I literally had to say to him, I was like, can we stop doing that now? Because I would have been watching that TV show anyway. It's Stephen Knight and produced by Ridley Scott and Tom Hardy and Stephen Graham, these amazing people. It's like, I want to just enjoy it. Uh, when it's finished <laughs> it's kind of it's like and early on I'd be like yeah I think this tonally this that blah 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 and again I've probably got completely ignored I'm not claiming any 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 creative control on the the the, the huge success that was Taboo but it was one of them I did get to the point where I was like I, I don't want to watch anymore because I want to see it in its finished capacity with all the sound and all the yeah everything done yeah it's kind of I prefer that now it's a weird one so it enables you a figure to kind of just focus on stepping on set and just doing the best you can with your acting then because you can kind of block out yeah. the rest of you don't have to think oh the lighting right completely you know, and time. and that's important because i'm brand new to it and i'm still learning you know i'm very aware that i didn't i didn't go to drama school or any of this i stopped doing music it was meant to be a year off and now it looks like it might be a permanent i don't know but i stopped that to try and focus on or to try and get into acting and the first thing i got was a Guy Ritchie film and so he's my first director and all this kind of thing and then I learn off him when I get a TV series that was for FX in America and then Taboo which was the BBC and and, and and FX it was just I'm getting to learn from from Guy Ritchie from Kurt Sutter from Tom Hardy from all these from Stephen Graham from all these amazing people so yeah it's in, it's great that all I have to focus on is that so I can be learning the reason my role has grown um, in both of the TV s- series I've done the role has, gr- has grown as the series has gone on is because I generally when they wrap me I'm like is it alright if I stick around and watch because rather than, than just go to my hotel room and get room service I'll stay and learn I'll watch the masters do it and kind of and, and learn from there so, so yeah, it's literally every day is a school day in in that world i love yeah, it yeah the things that you must see in between shots and yeah, for preparing man. shots and stuff because a, a, a thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you can spend a whole day two just doing a really short part yeah, of a scene maybe 100%. a few lines of dialogue each and and it requires a kind of stamina and and yeah. and, and, and yeah it's a stamina to basically just have that same level of energy whether that be big small yeah um, and to get that that performance out yeah 100% so you must really pick up some tricks seeing you know how some of the main actors really kind of get yeah, through that and getting to talk to them I mean the podcast helps as well I get to talk to great actors who you know I'm, I started the podcast as an entertainment thing it's now also selfishly another classroom <laughs> for me it's like oh I get to talk to Paddy Constantine about his process yeah alright I'm going to learn some stuff from this so yeah. yeah it's amazing to see and yeah that that is it. I'm still in the early stages where, you know, not as large roles and things like that. But that's important. That's an important place to learn. But getting to watch these guys who, yeah, that's stamina to have to be able to give that performance. An easy example is if there's just two people in the scene, some of that shot is only going to have one of them and some is going to only have the other you're doing them a disservice if when the camera's on them, you're just going through the motions and churning, churning your lines off. And then when it's on you, you're giving your full performance. So you're seeing these masters who, they're not even on camera and they're fully going 100% into these scenes time and time and time and time again. And that, yeah, you've got to respect that. 
Yeah, yeah. That's and that's it's good that you picked that up because I've I've been on a film set and I've seen someone just say, basically, the, let me describe this for the listener. Yeah. So the camera's on screw, screw on pip, right? And then the angle that they've got means that I can't physically be yeah. facing you, so yeah, I might yeah. have to be slightly out of the way. I've seen someone just stand behind the camera and say their lines. Yeah. Compared to somebody else being saying, right, I'm going to stand as close as I can to where I would have been. Performance. Um, or I'll, uh, but I'll look away so your eye lines don't accidentally go to me. You can look over the camera, yeah. you know, still pretend you're looking at me, but I'm I'm there with you. Yeah, and that, yeah. that really does make and a difference. A team, it? And that was the thing hugely in Taboo was there was some huge names in that, but everyone was a team and a family there and everyone was staying late for everyone's shots. There's, It's known that a lot of big Hollywood actors... You know, it's a long day and they've got their scenes or their shots done. You'll even have the assistant director doing their lines. From yeah, s- so they'll yeah. go home and there'll just be someone else doing their lines. And yeah, I love that. I love that just watching that interview was all these these huge names all, you know, if we're overrunning, they're like, no, nah, I don't care if it's only the, a, a, a reaction shot for a smaller character. Even it's like, I'm there for you. We're getting this and making it work. And yeah, that's dope awesome man um so you're doing a lot of roles at the moment where you, you your roles growing throughout the production process yeah. you said it yourself they're not like the biggest roles in in all of the productions yeah what do you want your big role to be well where, what would you like it to be ideally it's what it's it's what has excited me since coming into this business because from outside you're like well like game of thrones would be cool to be and i'm a big marvel fan any of the marvel films oh, yeah. would be cool to oh, be yeah. and all that but what I've realised in the last few years is half the time the most exciting r- roles that I've had come across my desk are stuff I had never heard of before then. You know, it's a new series, it's a new character. Or Taboo's a prime example. The, the meeting, I think I've said this on, on a podcast before, the meeting I originally had with Nina Gold, who cast me in Taboo, I'd hustled a meeting, whether it was before I had an agent, I'd got myself in there. And she was like, right, I can see you. And she cast huge things. She was like, I can see you in... In Game of Thrones, that would work. I can see you in Taboo. And at that point, I was like, I've no idea what that is. I'm focused on Game of Thrones. And she mentioned Star Wars or something like that. So, so in, in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know what that Taboo one is. Forget it. I'm interested in those two. <laughs> and then I get the script through, and it's Stephen Knight who wrote Peaky Blinders and so many amazing things. It's produced by Ridley Scott. It's Tom Hardy. It's Stephen Got All this. It's like, right, that was the one that if I'd known, I would have, or in the meeting, I was kind of like, no, I don't know what that is. Turn my nose up at it. As soon as I read it, it's like, I will do anything to be in this project. So it's kind of that. It's kind of that role that's that's just going to come out of nowhere and make me go, oh, wow. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a few scripts. So every script I've written happens to have, you know, a six foot four guy from Essex in. Or, you know, I vary, I vary oh, accents. It's but coincidence. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, right, it's, yeah. It, it's weird, right? But again, that's kind of an exciting and beautiful thing because yeah. it feels like, I can fast track to a, a bigger role early because it's a role I've written. Therefore, I know that character inside and out. So I don't feel that I'm getting ahead of myself or getting in, in too deep. I'm kind of like, right, I know this character. So, so yeah, there's, a, there's a few things I'm writing that I'm instantly, I'm like, I can't wait. If that gets made, I can't wait to get. So the self-starring you're still punching out. It's still, it's still there really, isn't it? You, exactly. Yeah. 100%. And it's important, particularly in acting, it's important in acting because I think the reason... So many actors go a bit crazy yeah. and get a bit bitter or jaded or whatever is because there's g- there's going to be big g- gaps in between gigs. And when I was on on taboo with St- Stephen Graham, I was saying to him, "Yeah, I've uh, did this 
this film and I've done a series and this was all in my first t- t- 12 months of acting and he was he kind of sat me down was like that's amazing but that's not how it works like that's not going to last so prepare yourself for when there is these big big gaps and the fact is in those gaps I'm working on scripts I'm recording podcasts I'm doing my club and I'm doing a, a million things and I'm doing a lot of auditions so at no point have I had that kind of oh is this really working out is this going to be the one am I going to have to get a real job or whatever it's like no it's I can I can take that time and wait for the right role r- rather than just want any role so in a way you've kind of flipped the traditional kind of acting process on its head and you find a lot of actors will be like right I'll, I'll wait for the role yeah I'll have to take the downtime by just doing I don't know I'll, I'll be a waiter or whatever I'll just yeah, do yeah, something yeah, to yeah, get yeah. the wedge in and wait for that big role but you've kind of taken it the other way around where you've already got a base standing you've got stuff that you you're yeah. committed to and, and you've you can make it as flexible as you want i presume you know you can exactly. do a few podcasts if you've had a bit more time yeah. and and you know have those ready so that when you're busy you can still be productive on that front it's the perfect thing and again i, I wish i could say it was some kind of master plan but um <laughs> it does happen that if i did want to do music again yeah i release on my own label now so i'm completely in control of that there's no one who and the podcast it's my network i mean so everything i've got if a role comes up that i have to go dark for a few months i go dark i can i can i've again i'm normally recorded a month or two ahead anyway so i've always got that kind of that that cushion and that buffer so yeah it does it's a it's i've stumbled upon a a good a good good balance it all i guess not bad not bad so in terms of big role we can look forward to seeing you in in one of your own productions i'd, yeah, I'd like hopefully. to see what your character's like when you've written about yourself and you're yeah. being yourself on camera oh that's it it's, it's writing the most m- messed up characters and going i'll do that but, yeah. b- because i wouldn't want to ask anyone else to go through that <laughs> but again i mean on that front i have i've 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 got to have and again i've been doing this three or four years and that's it and i've got to have i've got to audition for three Marvel films and f- and for me that's just mind blowing because Marvel the Marvel films are my thing I'm a comic book nerd so j- just getting to audition for things I like that it makes you realise what is possible and it's like right this is happening now imagine in five years imagine yeah. in ten years yeah yeah. it's kind of dope can you tell us what Marvel films you've, so you've auditioned for and what that process is like the first audition I had so it, again it's a weird one I auditioned for this Guy Ritchie film and I got it and that led to an audition for this a series called The Bastard Executioner and I got it and then I auditioned for Taboo and I got it and I was like this is easy you just again <laughs> it was that same thing I was like you just go in you read the lines and then you get it and the first one that I got after that was audition for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and I was like I'm just going to get it i I don't want to get ahead of myself but that's just how it works and i didn't get it and that's fine and that was kind of dope so there was guardians there was the other one and again i I don't know if it's a just a positive outlook but i don't get get better over any of these i was watching thor ragnarok and this character started doing his lines and i was like that was the one i'd had, had one marvel one that they were like untitled marvel film like they kept it all secret all nda so so i didn't even know what i was auditioning for and then i'm watching thor ragnarok and the, 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 the dude starts doing the lines that i did in my office where i record them just <laughs> on my own we were a little like just some, some props and that. i'm like i auditioned for this i didn't oh. even know that and then deadpool 2 was the other one and that was one that i wanted i love deadpool and i wanted it's 
so bad. But again, each time I've seen them, the people have played the character. If the character has remained in there, because that's also a, a common thing. I auditioned for, for Stranger Things Series 2 and absolutely felt I smashed it. Didn't hear anything and I was a bit heartbroken. And then I watched it and I was like, None of those are the character I auditioned for. So it's like, oh, that's cool. They just got rid of that character. I can now kid myself that if they'd kept it, it would definitely have been me. Yeah, 100%. 100%. They just weren't ready for you yet. That's what it was. Exactly. Maybe in the next season. We'll see, yeah. But that's genuinely it. Every every time I go in for an audition and don't get it, it sounds like I'm just missed a positive attitude. But I genuinely think, for example, Guardians 2. Or let's leave Guardians, actually, because James Gunn, being kicked out is a disgrace to me, so I don't like the idea of Guardians 3, but Deadpool 2, not getting that, it then makes me think, well, if they make a Deadpool 3, imagine how much b- better I will be as an actor because of the different roles I've had, the different auditions I've had. So if I can get an audition for that one, I'll be even even better. I will have improved. I'll be the person that they need then. And yeah. That's kind of, I love that. Oh, I reckon that that would be a definite career highlight to be in a Marvel film. It'd be mad, it? wouldn't it? What they have done with that whole franchise is... Is just amazing, man. I love it. What like fifteen years of films we've had, yeah, that have managed to hook us in again and again. It's, it's really hard and, to do that, and people aren't appreciative enough, I don't think, of of what that is because that's that's never happened in anything. The closest thing is James Bond, and the Bond films are kind of l- l- loosely attached, and they yeah. kind of re- reboot every time there's a new one, anyway. So. Yeah. 15 years of films that do all interlink and have these crossover bits and the stories are continuing and and, and, and reactive. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. And I think they've got better over the years as yeah. well. So we've kind of gone from the original Wolverine that we saw in X-Men yeah. to, to, to Logan. To Logan, yeah, completely. And again, the beauty is as well is they don't all have to be amazing. Mm. It's, it's, it's one of the things that I think Star Wars fans are going to have to get used to. Now Star Wars is owned by Disney and they're looking yeah. to release a film every year or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Is, or two films a year or, or whatever it, it turns out being is you were used to waiting 10 years, 20 years for a new few and then waiting again. Whereas now you're going to get them regularly. And with the Marvel films, I go and see all of them. There's some that I enjoy more than others, but it doesn't cause the uproar that a Star Wars film that people don't like causes. Yeah. There's one that, 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 that people don't like and they're like, it needs to be removed from the canon. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be part of the story anymore. <laughs> it's unacceptable. It's like, you didn't enjoy it. It's cool. Yeah. You, I'm sure you'll like the next one. Chill out. A friend of mine said that the Marvel franchise and their movies are kind of like the greatest ever Netflix series. Yeah, man. 100%. Because on that note, you know, if, if you're watching something like a season like Stranger Things, you might be like, oh, that episode wasn't as good, but I'll stick with it and stay. And yeah. I think that's the kind of mentality we've Completely. got. You know, you know when someone recommends a series to you, said, you might not like the first couple of episodes yeah, or this yeah. episode might be a I'll bit stick ropey, with it. I keep watching. Stay with it and you'll be like, all right, I'll try it. And then at the end of it, you go, flipping hell, that was good. It's it's the beauty of, um, of Black Mirror. I think it's the most g- genius show ever because if there's episodes you don't like, you just talk about the ones you did like. And any other series, you'll go, oh, it's a bit crap in the middle. Oh, it's a bit dead. It, though, on, on, on Black Mirror, if you don't like one, you're just like, oh, all right, I'll watch the next one. You're like, oh, did you see Black Museum? And and things like that. Yeah. It's like you just focus on the amazing ones. It's such a genius series yeah. idea because they can get away with ones that aren't to everyone's taste. Yeah, phenomenal. Because I, re- I really didn't enjoy the first episode in the first season. Yep. It was just, just a bit much for me. I, I felt, was- I, I watched the first season and everyone was going, crazy over it and my 
analysis I realised was I felt they were all stories that I would get just as much from if you just told me in a sentence in a pub. Yeah. Like, it's all right. <laughs> the Prime Minister, right? He has to fuck a pig. <laughs> well, this and that, it's like, I don't need to watch an hour of it. It's just this crazy concept. Yeah. And then that just went out the window. They just became these amazing, complex works of art, rather than just, I've had this crazy idea. Yeah. Here's an episode. It just so happens to be quite relevant <laughs> in yeah, the near yeah, future, yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it's also funny over the years how many of the ideas in Black Mirror have actually come to light. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, completely. There's an uh, episode about social media where you get valued in life, yeah. uh, depending on how well you're doing on social media. And then there's talks of you know china kind of adopting a sort of point system moving forward yeah. where your social standing and where you've got mad, a job and what you do kind of gives you extra points and like like i said the first episode from the first season i watched it i was like this isn't me this is yeah bit graphic for me and just the idea of what he had to do yeah just ugh, i was too squeamish yeah uh and then as you go through it i was just like ah oh, there's this are so many things in these stories echo what's actually happening in society yeah. now what's about to happen even the episode where um, there's a gentleman that passes away and they invent technology for you to be able to connect with them using yeah. all their social media. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. Some people put enough out there on the social yeah, media where... Completely. I, th- I think if I genuinely looked at all of your Twitter feed, all of your Instagram feed, everything that you've put out, I yeah. could write tweets like you and not yeah. would know. Yeah, for a completely. Good few days, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely mm. agree. It's mad. And again, it's, yeah, that's what I think a Black Mirror is great at and it it takes it all surreal enough that they don't necessarily have to make some big point it doesn't have to be oh and think about this it can just be like this is mental yeah enjoy (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) try sleeping at night now yeah it's like what if this happened and it kind of could yeah Um, oh oh, it's very possible thanks charlie (laughs) another sleepless night Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, obviously this show is called How to Kill an Hour. We like to spend ways killing time. Um, like we said at the start of the episode, we played a computer game. Yes, uh, before we, we uh, start press record on the podcast. Uh, that game was Life is Strange 2. Yeah. And I asked you to play it. 
Yeah. You have had no knowledge of, of the Life is Strange franchise, no, as far as I'm aware. So this is great because you can kind of let me know what you think about the game and, yeah. and what it was like for you. I mean, do you want to describe how, yeah, how we got into it? Again, I really enjoyed it. And the way I described it, like when we were, we're playing it, was it felt like a really advanced uh, ch- ch- choose your own adventure book. So you, you're literally watching a film or a scene play out and then every now and then it will go, do you want to do this or do that? Or do you want to reply with this or that? And that feels kind of, I mean, describing that, that sounds awful, but it's not, honestly, it's more engaging even at that level. But then it's nice and slow paced and then all of a sudden you've got to make some quicker decisions and some more important decisions. And the point that we stopped, it was clear that the game's going to get really intense and, and crazy, but it lulls you into that. Do you want to pick up the cookies or the chips? And it's like, yeah, uh, all right, well, I'll do that. But yeah, I liked yeah. it. It's good fun. So it's like this third person graphic adventure. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's it's like the, uh, the the books where you'd basically, you know, do do I open the door and go down the creepy stairs, or do yeah. I do I go up the up the it, creepy stairs? If you want instead, to go yeah. down the stairs, turn yeah. to page twelve. If yeah. you want to go up the stairs, turn to page ten. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and the premise behind Life is Strange is it's kind of. A coming of age teenage yeah. story, a movie. Imagine where yeah. you can make de- decisions, and as the game moves forward, there are, without spoiling it, supernatural elements that come into play, which you got a little yeah, taste yeah, of. Yeah. Uh, we also did a video for this, which we'll put a link to in the show yeah. description, so you can have a look at it. And the thing that was really cool that you touched on was every decision that you make makes a difference. Yeah, but they they really kind of lull you into feeling that some of the decisions that you make make waves that aren't that big. Yeah. For example, do you give your brother the chocolate bar or your father the chocolate yeah. bar? Or, or do you tell the truth to your dad about what you're going to do tonight or, yeah. or not? Pip chose a very interesting set of yeah. answers, yeah, we say. <laughs> and <laughs> as you go further through the game, you kind of see the r- small ripples that your character makes from decisions kind of yeah. turn into really, really large consequences ac- actions and and. You did pick a, a choice at the end of the little gaming session that we had that meant <laughs> things really kicked off. It really kicked off intensely, and yeah, yeah, I loved it. I, th- yeah. I thought it was, it was it was really interesting. I love that um, it f- it feels like gaming is an area that more and more just really well written stories are being yeah. told now. I mean, people will talk a lot about how. How how cinema is rehashing all the same stories over and over again. Um, Dan Lesac, who I made a lot of my um, music with over the years, he he does a lot of soundtrack stuff in in gaming now, oh, yeah. and he's he works with a guy. I think his name is Mike Bethel. I think his name is, and he's someone. Dan was saying to me, "This is a dude. He's he's making games that have just got these amazing stories, and it's it's this kind of thing. There's these intricately written." Again, yeah, essentially films. Yeah. But you play them and you engage them and you change them and yeah, I love that. And it's really important that, that you with games like this and that you listen to other characters. So yeah. you were really good at that, like reading body language and, and picking up little nuances and yeah. small bits of conversation. I think somebody said Oh yeah, bring a few beers to the party, and then you were maybe you like beers, but as soon as the car- <laughs> <laughs> you could control the character, you were like, right, beers, yeah, beers. beers. Let's get the beers. The first thing we need yeah. to do, let's go and let's go and get them beers sorted. Definitely relate to that, <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, I've, I'll be honest with you though, the the listener that if you're into a you know a, a Tekken, a platform game, yeah. a real hard hitting game like you know we're big fans of Spider Man here, yeah, how to get an hour. 
right, this might not be for you, right? Let's, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. honest. But if you're cool with sitting down and really letting something watch you as well as you watching it, yeah, kind of feels like I feel like life is strange because that's it. I was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking as I was playing it and afterwards that I was like, well, this seems like I really enjoy it, but how much replayability appeal has it got? But then in reality, you at least one more time I'd want to know what making a few different decisions would do yeah. or how different the story would be so I think there is that replay like it, because of the pacing of it as said and because it's telling such a personal story yeah initially I was like well you'll play it once but yeah you're not going to watch that, that film again yeah. but I think I think I'd at least want to have a bit of a look and go yeah. oh, how about if I play it as a naughty kid yeah. or how about I play it as a good kid like if you decide at the start and that's something I'd advise anyone who's playing it. Kind of, this sounds really weird, but decide on your character early. Yeah. And kind of say, right, I'm going to stick to this and I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest or I'm going to be an absolute the naughty turd. little, sh- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and be the bad kid and, 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 and go that route. And yeah, I'd imagine that'll give your character more of a path, I guess. Yeah. You know? And they even tie in. Yeah, your decisions that you make if you play the first game right. with the second game so there's a point where you can say this is the decision I made in Life is Strange and it affects the kind of beginnings oh, of the wow. game as well we almost got to that bit but uh, but yeah so it's pretty it's pretty interesting it's, yeah. it's nice it's just I feel like it's it's own thing so I'm I'm going to put it in that category of game where I feel like it's an interactive movie do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely sort of the telltale kind of feeling yeah um, but something that you're not killing time with it at the moment and I'm not, but I feel like you can help me with is there was a post the other day, uh, a buzz on, on social media. I think you put it on your Instagram as well about a show called the boys. Yeah. Um, now it's going to be coming out in 2019 starring Carl Urban, Jennifer Esposito and Jack Quaid. Yeah. And all I know is there was a big hype about it yeah. and I went online and, and it was also a comic. Yeah. That's all I know. Loads of hype about it. I think I want to get involved in it. Why? Why you were very excited about it? I'm why? very excited. It's my favourite uh, comic book s- series of all time. Um, Shit, really? It's really good. Yeah, Damn. it's it's by Garth Ennis who wrote Preacher, and I've really enjoyed the Preacher adaptation on on Amazon. And Seth Rogen and his partner, um, I, c- I can't remember his, his partner's name now. That I feel uh, really bad. Um, get a few if you want. <laughs> It's going to annoy me now. Lauren Miller? No, 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 no. His his writing partners. Okay, Uh, his writing partners. Sorry, Evan Goldberg. Oh, that's it. There we go. I got it in the end. Um, So they they were were fans of Preacher, and they bought that and adapted it for TV. And they're the ones who bought the Boys as well and adapted it. And the Boys is a superhero comedy. I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to go as dark and gr- and graphic and horrendous as they do in the comic book on a TV show. Cause How dark does it get? It gets r- really messed up. The basic premise is it's a world where superheroes exist, but it's more realistic. Because in reality, if superheroes exist, I mean, we've seen how the most powerful people in the world that we live in act. Right. So if superheroes existed, they'd be these heroes, but they'd be up to loads of dark shit behind closed doors, really messed up stuff. And the boys are kind of put together by the CIA or or whomever and they've they've got kind of some kind of injectable superhero abilities but they're the guys who keep an eye they're basically the the police of the superheroes um 
And yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. I loved it. So when you say, because the preacher, I know that to be quite violent. Yeah. Right? And you're saying this, I'd say how boys preaches is, the preacher. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. So it depends how far they can, can go with it. But it's incredibly exciting and a sign of how excited I am for it. It's, I did a tweet this morning actually saying how I gave up, up music to take up the hobby of, t- of telling people I, of different shows I auditioned for, but The Boys is something I auditioned for. <laughs> oh, re- okay, cool. And you can imagine my excitement. It's like, this is my favourite comic ever. Um, and I got to audition for the, uh, the role that went to Carl Irvin, which incidentally, he got the role in, in Thor Ragnarok I aud- auditioned for as well. So, right. But, but for me, I love him. I think he was amazing in Dread. I'm a fan of him. So it's like, the fact I'm even getting considered in roles he's up for is madness. But... So I, I auditioned for this, and I, was, I almost turned it down initially as, as an audition because I was like, I love this book so much, I'm not sure if I'm right for it. But then I was like, right, no, I know this character. And I auditioned, I didn't get it. And then they asked me to audition for one of, of, of the other characters in it. And at that point, I said no. Because, again, it was one of them. I respect the book t- too much. I love that character too much, and I felt... I could do a decent job, but I'm not that character. I'm not that guy. Therefore, I felt, yeah, I wrote myself out of... Again, I, I probably, I'm not saying I would have got it, but the fact that they said, oh, can you audition for this one, this guy as well? I was like, nah, actually. I thought about it. I started doing a tape. I, I, I got sent the sides and everything. I kind of started learning them, and I was going over, and I was like, nah, it's not... It's not you. It's not me. So, yeah, it's, it, I'm just incredibly ex- excited about it, and... I'm really be, expecting big things there. It's like. real good. It's dark and nasty. Um, yeah, incredibly violent. The stuff that the superheroes in the book, the stuff that they get up to behind closed doors, goes as dark as you can imagine. Wow. It's, so let's think of a few dark superhero films. So the Watchmen yeah. has got graphic in areas, yeah. but comparing that to kind of yeah. what you've explained, I feel like that's going to be... N- n- nowhere near, yeah. It's that kind of... Uh, and again, The Watchmen, the beauty of The Watchmen is it's it's a darkness that... I don't know, it kind of feels... No, I guess, yeah, the comedian storyline and all that in The in the Watchmen is, is very dark. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that then taken further, I guess, as, a, as everyone involved is just the nasty... <sighs> yeah. I'm really excited for that. Then. Yeah, I really, can't really wait. Excited for that. Um, so, are you reading other comics at the moment? Then, like, what, what are you getting stuck into when you get a bit of time? I'm not reading an awful lot at the moment. I just read. Um, there's a new. There was a new th- Thanos story, and it was called something like. Oh, it's called Thanos Wins, I think. And it's a yeah. It's it's all about Thanos. It's that was really good. I really enjoyed that, but. The Wicked and the Divine is one that I've I've liked for a long time, and that's that's coming to an end now. See how I'm enjoying that. I've I've not had as much comic time as I like recently. That is is definitely something that it's like previously that was a big. That's the that is how I'd kill an hour comfortably. Just like I'll I'll get some comics and be mm. good to go. And I've I've not been as up to date on that as I'd like to be. Fair enough. How's the collection looking? Is it looking quite quite big? It's good. It's hefty. I keep them in two separate areas. I've got my independent comic collection on one side of the room and my Marvel and DC on the other side. So I'm kind of I'm strict I'm strict with this stuff. I've got my I, okay. I go deep on this. Organization. I'd love to get you in a room with uh Otis Dealey from the Gadget Show. Right, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. like a ten thousand comic book collection. Oh, is, really? is that right? Bill about ten thousand. He says, Yeah. Oh wow. Ten thousand um 
yeah, yeah so I'd love next to just level. leave I'd love to just put you both in a corner of a room with like a drink in each hand and just yeah, let you talk for a while that sounds amazing yeah because yeah. um, I'm going to ask him a question that I asked him yeah uh, and we'll put the link to his episode in this show description so you can Perfect. check this out yeah 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 so god forbid this ever happens there's a fire yeah. in your house you've got to get out yeah you can take one comic with you yeah what would that be it's easy I've got um, a Watchman issue one signed by Alan Moore that says to my friend Scroob Alan Moore because I've done some stuff with Alan in the past and I was, I've been a Watchman fan for years that was the one that kind of b- broke open the the grown up c- c- comic book world for me and at that point it kind of he's he's not he he's he fell out with everyone involved in the Watchman he didn't he wasn't involved in the film he, that, he doesn't like any of that so in general it's not one that he signs but because he'd kind of become a pal he was like, "Yeah, just send it over, and I'll I'll sign it." So, shit, yeah. Has that got a special standing in in your? Is that yeah? That, I've got it that's framed. not just in one of the. Yeah, I was say, that's not a, that's not in the box. That's out, and that's out, and that's it. I've got somewhere. two two framed. I've got that framed, and I've got a Venom, a Lethal Protector issue one because Venom was my my, my favorite growing up. So, yeah. Visually I'm excited most, to go and, and see that. Yeah, I'm, later this week. I'm hoping it does well. I'm, I'm same. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I I love Tom. I'm I'm excited, but he's such Venom is such and Venom and Carnage uh, visually some of the most popular mate, characters. Imagine how scared I was. So, um, 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 my mate Kelly has written a lot of the Venom film. Tom's in it, who's a mate, and Riz is in it, who's a mate. Yeah, it's my favourite, and I'm the most pr- precious over it. So I'm like, I'm really nervous about it, and also. All my mates are in it. <laughs> like yeah. my mate Jacob is the stunt man in it. So it's like literally, there's so many people I love. It's it's what gives me some confidence on it though, because they're all people I love, and I've m- met them because of respect of their work. If you know what I mean. So they're all people yeah. that I know are masters of what they do. So if they can, if it's possible to make a good Venom film, these are the guys who will have made it. Yeah. So I mean, I don't want to get into all the politics of of how you know it's a fractured part of the universe. Yeah. Um, but I just hope that they can do enough to tie it in. Yeah, I hope so. You know, like when you watch sort of the Marvel stuff on Netflix, they mention other characters, yeah. maybe not by name, but Completely. they do what they can to kind of sew in. I just hope that there's enough in there because I, yeah. I really feel Venom and Carnage are so, so, such an important part of that universe. Yeah, that I don't want to feel like I'm stepping away from and you know the what? rest of it. I was talking to, to, to some mates about that and they were like, I wonder if they'll be allowed to do this or allowed to do that. And then last night, I was, I was re-watching Infinity Wars, and it's like, Spider-Man's like w- one of the main people in it. So originally, in Civil Wars, it was like, oh, they're, they're lending them Spider-Man for one little bit. It seems to be open season for crossover and going going back and forth now. So Good. hopefully, yeah, you'll be able to... Yeah, for the fans. Yeah, Hope completely. for the fans, man. Yeah. Um, so be- before I let you get out of here, Pip, uh, thanks for coming here today, by the way. No problem um, at all. It's been a pleasure. What have we got, like forthcoming from you what what, what, do you, what do you want us to look out for because you are <laughs> acting pods stuff what, what do you want to let us know about what can you let us know about well that's what's exciting at the moment I've not got any I'm, I'm confirmed on season t- t- two of Taboo Get but in. I've no idea when we're filming it so right. it's one of them it's exciting that at the moment the things that I've got l- that I can hold in my hands is scripts I'm working on so Good there's kid. there's there's a series I've got in development with Warp who did This Is England and Four Lions and tons of just all, all the Shane Meadows film. Like I'm a massive fan of them. 
as there's a series I'm developing with them. I've got another one that I'm finishing off the first draft of the script at the moment that I'll be sending off to my uh, my writing agent. And yeah, just all of that. And, and podcasts. Obviously, there's constant p- podcasts at the moment. So yeah, they're every week. I've not missed a week in, in four years. In fact, the the anniversary is in a few days. I think it's it's next week is the four-year anniversary. Oh, happy birthday so, yeah. in advance for that, it's man. exciting, right? Yeah, that's awesome, man. You're going gonna to do a uh, a birthday episode then? I've got, I've I've just got too many gr- great guests already lined up. So I've got, yeah, Desiree Akvan, who, who I mentioned earlier, who's one of the best conversations I've ever had, just right. inspirational woman and amazing writers. So yeah, I thought about, oh, I should do a special thing. I was like, no, they're all special to me. That's, that's the point of the podcast. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I'll put this to you. What do you think's, the future of podcasting holds then especially because of the fact that there's so much technology that we now can you know we can make broadcast quality content yeah completely. with our own kit and it's a, it's really affordable now yeah. it's, it's realistic for truly to put it together i think it's i, th- I think it's endless i've uh, podcasting is the end goal for me um a lot of people assume it's a stopgap a means to an end but i've been approached in the last year by the BBC and by Global to come and do stuff with them and it hasn't appealed because podcasting is free I've got and I mean that in both ways it's free to the listener but also the freedom I don't answer to anyone I can do do what I want there and I couldn't go back now to working for a BBC or a Global or, or, or whomever else because you'd have restrictions on you they'd have someone saying well can we just maybe uh, go in this direction and can we put this person on it's like no (laughs) uh, we do what we want and that's that's the beauty of it uh, yeah my hope is that it grows and grows and grows and grows awesome awesome man I I look forward to it growing and growing man and I'll keep consuming it is there a podcast that you'd like to share from your network or one that's not like for example I'm going to plug this again I'm not getting paid for this the Marvel Wolverine yeah Uh, it's like four or five episodes in right now fucking awesome I have to give Really good. Give, give that a look. There is one that's on my network, but again, I, it's on my network because I'm a fan of the guy who was starting it, and he, I said, do you want me to put it out for you? It's, it's, it's films to be buried with with Brett Goldstein. And, and Brett Goldstein's a comedian and uh, uh, an actor. He did a film called Super Bob, which is one of my favourite comedy and superhero films ever. It's a, a British thing that came out a few years back. And he just has a guest every week, and it's kind of like a, a Desert Island Discs but with films and he's just got got really good questions for each of his slots and yeah I oh, love wicked. it alright check that out then yeah it's worth a, a look worth a subscribe damn right uh, Billy's waving at me is there something I'm missing out Bill what do you need from me mate what do we say to all of our guests oh yeah oh yeah Scroob oh yeah alright I thought Billy wouldn't, wouldn't so we've got this ongoing poll um Oh, there's nothing to even seg into this. Sorry about this, Pip. I'm just going to hit you with <laughs> go, it. Go, hit me with so, it. Well, I'm right. back in. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Back in the game. So um, I'm going to f- throw a scenario at you. It's really like this. <laughs> people don't realise that the other type of person exists until I ask this question. So I'm going to put a scenario to you. You're taking a shit, right? Yeah. Number two, really yep. good, obviously. You've just said that, taking a shit. Yeah. And you're about to wipe your ass. Mm-hmm. Do you stay seated or do you stand up? Yo, this is going to blow your mind, but I had a, I do the dr- a drunk cast every now and yes, then, the podcast, yes. and we had one recently which we couldn't release because it got too offensive. <laughs> Genuinely, 
the high point of that podcast was this discussion, was that exact question, um, because all four of us had slightly different uh, 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 situations. So, but again, you know, you know, we've talked about a, a, a lot of stuff. If that's, you know, the drunk cast is like four or five hours. If this question is the absolute peak of, of class in it, <laughs> you can see why we didn't, didn't end up, re- up releasing that. You know, it's, 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 it's not going to be... It's, but it was, it was the best question. And I'm a... I'm a stay seated. I'm a, a go up on one leg. I'm I'm so I'm you, doing it you, visually. You, co- I'm a, you cock it out. A, if you're watching the video, yeah. So you, you're cocking out. I'm right? a lift and wipe and a lift and wipe, uh, and that's it. Again, b- bizarrely, we were talking about this at my club night at the weekend <laughs> but because it came during up, the club night. That's great because night it came talk, up yeah. because of the um of the of the of the drunk cast. Yeah, I would a release and one of my mates. Yeah. He's a cock it and then a stand up for for the last wipe and again. My mate Stu is a stand-up for the lot. Uh, no, Chris, sorry, is a stand-up for the lot. And yeah, I'm, I'm no, I'm a cock. So, a cock 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 so it's, it's a sit, really. If we're gonna, if it's we're gonna be really firm, it's a, a sit. sit yeah. It's a hundred percent a sit. Yeah. All right. So, I've, I've, we need to do the mass. I think but it does. It blows it because that's because that was it. It blows people's minds. I even went. The reason it came up, and I'm not, I'm not meaning to 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 take this up to, up to the next level. And you have to on, ask mate. everyone, but. Crack on. I also brought up you. Uh, you're in the toilets and you're going for a wee. Or what's your process? Because I'm a. I'm not an out of the zip. Again, one of the guys wasn't out of the zip. I'm a a, a pull down. Yeah. Like not pull down like a kid around my ankles. Like, I've, got a mate, I've got a mate that does that. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah that's standard. He's, he's been on this show a few episodes it, ago. I, <laughs> I bet he plays rugby. Right. There's, it's generally rugby or sports boys that tend to go down for the um, some kind of. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a. I'm a down and then I mean I'm getting gr- gr- graphic now but yeah I'm going to take everything out yeah and no, then, if and, I'm wearing tracksuit bottoms then yeah. you just go down it depends pull down if, and go but yeah if I've got a like like a suit on then it's easier to, to, to unzip it's a and tough get one, it man. yeah yeah but, but again um, it is mind blowing you you've, you've nailed it exactly right is that people aren't aware that the other type exists until they hear the conversation shocking. I think we're like, like I 60, thought everyone 40. did this I thought everyone did, did yeah did it this way. And we're trying to work out where it's learnt from. And, and Ramel London, she's yeah. a broadcaster. Um, she came on the show and she, she alluded to it being when she was young, she'd always be stood up. Right. To wipe yeah, her bottom. Yeah, and that's yeah, where yeah, it came yeah. from. I see. That and makes then, um, sense. There's, a, there's a, another CJ Beats. He's producer, one half of Wide Awake. He's come on the show. And he uh, his process is very interesting. It revolves standing up and rotating around so that he's facing the toilet as he's wiping. And the reason that this is very weird. The reason that this has has come to light. We should just put a link in for the episode because it gets a bit hectic. But uh, somebody has seen it happen. Um, but the whole story behind that can be explained. Damn. I'm looking at your face now. Yeah, that's a like, hell of a Damn. technique, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And also walking in on somebody doing that as well. Yeah, um, that'd be confusing. Actually, there's another question. Right. So you walk into the bathroom. Yeah. And sorry about this. Please feel. Feel free to press forward 15 seconds or 30. <laughs> Walk into the toilet. There's a little skiddy at the back of it. Yeah. Do you wee it off when you're having yeah, a wee or yeah, not? Yeah, so always, yeah. always target practice. You've got to clean that. <laughs> clean that thing. <laughs> I mean, I do it, but some people are like, that's disgusting. I'm like, no. Nah, nah. Just tidy no, up, mate. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's saving someone a job. And uh, the sense of achievement when yeah. you clean that off, you're like, fucking hell. 
Yeah, yeah good job. I got a good stream. I did it. Yeah, yeah I got a I'm, good stream. I've got a healthy flow. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, so, <laughs> Pip, how can we uh, find out all about what you're doing? Social media. So yeah, on socials, I'm at Scroobius Pip Yo on Twitter and Instagram, and then just Scroobius Pip on Facebook. Yeah, cool. Always on there. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and killing some time with us. It's been much appreciated. It's man. been a pleasure. Cool. Uh, before you go anywhere, don't forget you can go to howtokillanhour.com forward slash news and join our newsletter where we'll be letting you know about competitions giveaways where all of our merch is as well and also the how to kill an hour website looks really pretty as well check it out we've got some great content on there videos like uh myself and pip playing life is strange too uh and also if you're into electric skateboarding there's something up on the homepage that you'll like to in the meantime thank you for killing some time with us i've been marcus bronzy yep i've been scroobius pip uh stay blessed 